Welcome to At The Table, the podcast for the SBC Women's Leadership Network. Join the conversations of a collaborative community of women from the Southern Baptist Convention family who long to connect, engage, and encourage one another as they serve and lead in diverse ways to impact the kingdom of God. Pull up a chair, grab your favorite drink, and listen in on what God is doing through women of the SBC. Hey friends, and welcome to another episode of At The Table. My name is Jackie King, and as always, I am so excited that you're joining me for the conversation of women and leadership in the SBC. Today, I get to welcome my sweet friend, Ashlyn Portero, coming all the way from Florida. Welcome to the show, Ashlyn. Thanks, Jackie. I am really excited to be here. How is the weather in Florida today? I want to say, <laughs> is it sunny and pretty, or what's it like? Oh my gosh, it is beautiful. It's like so 65, 70 degrees and bright and sunny. And yesterday I was totally posting all over Instagram about how beautiful the weather is. And then this morning I woke up and my eyes were like almost swollen shut with pollen. So, so it's oh, beautiful. No. It's beautiful, but it comes with a price. <laughs> yeah, buying the stock in Zyrtec and Claritin yes, for sure to try much. to get through all of that. Yes. <laughs> Welcome to spring. Happy spring, exactly. everyone. <laughs> well, Ashlyn, you have so much in your story, I think, that I am just really excited to chat about. So let's kind of start from the beginning. Talk to us about what it was like growing up. Did you grow up in the Southern Baptist? Tell us a little bit just kind of how how things were growing up as Ashlyn Portero. Awesome. Okay. Well, I am from Tallahassee, Florida. Um, that's where I live now and, and serve at my church, City Church. And uh, I grew up in uh, the church that my immediate family and my extended family uh, was a part of when I was really young. Um, was a, a it is a duly aligned uh, SBC and CBF church, and my um, my grandparents had been there since the. I think like the 40s when they were in college and I um, was just, you know, a, a church where so many great memories from my childhood were. Um, it, it's where I first learned um, a lot about like the IMB and, and missions and I was in GAs if that you know, yes, is, if, that, if anyone GAs. remembers that, I don't know. <laughs> um, <laughs> so lots of great memories there. Um, we... Uh, the older I got, we, I, my family, we grew up, you know, I, I would, we went to church sometimes less frequently as I got older. And so, um, I had, you know, prayed a, a prayer of salvation, um, when I was really young, um, but really took a long time to learn, you know, what, what that actually meant, what it actually looked like to be a disciple of Jesus. And so, um, when I was uh, a senior in high school, we were living in Jacksonville, Florida. So we moved all around, uh, to Ohio and Tennessee and then back to Florida. And uh, we were going to a great SVC church there. It's called Fruit Cove, Fruit Cove Baptist Church. And uh, the, the pastor, um, Tim Maynard, who I believe is still the senior pastor there, um, preached a, um, a great sermon actually on baptism. And I had never been baptized before. And so uh, that, for whatever reason, the Lord used that sermon to really convict me of the fact that I, um, it wasn't so much that I was thinking, oh, because I, you know, haven't been baptized, I, I haven't been saved, but I, I realized this kind of disconnect of, I've never really made this public profession that I am a Christian and that I um, am a follower of Jesus. And, and so I took that step and I got baptized and it, it was also, um, just a great uh, sermon that that helped me really connect the gospel and um, and what it meant to to follow Jesus with my life. And so um, 
I got baptized when I was a senior in high school and then went on to Florida State, uh, kind of first got some exposure into ministry through different campus ministries that I um, led in and was a part of, and um, yeah, eventually found my way to City Church, and that's a big part of my story as well. So that's kind of a, an overview. Yeah. <laughs> so my yeah, relationship with SBC churches is, you know, sort of, I, I didn't grow up, um, you know, like born and bred and, and super familiar with it, but I think um, culturally I, I knew enough um, to to then be comfortable in one and, and leading in one, um, you know, once I got to City Church. So. Yeah. So talk to me a little bit about your involvement in City Church. Like you really just kind of started as a college student attending there, right? So tell us a little bit just about how you got plugged into the church, what was attractive about the church. It's a plant, obviously. So tell us a little bit just about the beginnings of you and that relationship. Absolutely. Um, So yes, City Church is a church plant that was founded in 2007. Um, Dean and Sarah, not Dean and Sarah, but one person, (laughs) Dean and Sarah, our lead pastor is um, he, he planted the church, um, in his hometown of Tallahassee and, uh, my cousin who is four months younger than me, we've been um, close all our lives. We lived together in college along with one of our other best friends and, uh, they were both uh, founding members of the church. Um, I will go on record and say that I went to like a different church every year in college. <laughs> I was, <laughs> I was one of those. And so, um, I was not a part of the, the original group, um, of city church. Church, but they uh, invited me in 2009 to start coming, and so I did, and I'm really connected there. Um, and and then I graduated from college in 2010, um, and that was when I really kind of locked in and, and said, okay, I'd, li- I'd like to get involved. Um, and then in 2011, I came on staff uh, in a I can't even say part-time capacity. It was it was like basically a slightly paid intern um, to be uh, <laughs> to be our pastor's assistant, um, to be dean's assistant, and that role eventually grew in, into more like a full-time role. Yeah, um, yeah. So, so tell me, what degree did you get in college, and is that? officially being used in your role now? (laughs) That's a great question. (laughs) I was an English major. um, And I feel like there's kind of this, like, I feel like when you're an English major, you kind of like have this need for people to know about it. I don't know why. I'm, I'm like a loud and proud. I mean, I, I love books and reading and writing, but yeah. So I had a great experience at Florida State University um, in their English literature program. Um, and and I, I will claim that uh, boastfully. Um, but it, it actually is being used. I work um, with our communications team right now. And so I do a lot of editing, um, copy editing, proofreading, um, and, and kind of you know, guiding some of the content that we put out here. Um, And so that is definitely useful there. Um, But really more so, I think, for critical thinking. Um, You know, as an English major, you're always analyzing. You're always thinking about things and making connections and and thinking about the big picture. So that is a large part of my job. So that's been great. So did college student Ashlyn Portero ever think that what she was studying and learning was going to end up landing her a paid position at a church? Like, (laughs) is that what you saw? (laughs) (laughs) So talk to me, talk to me a little bit about what is your official title and role there at City Church? Um, so my official title, I'm I'm an executive director. Um, we have two. So I have a, a male counterpart, Alex, and uh, we oversee uh, primarily staff and day-to-day operations and then also, um, you know, kind of strategic initiatives of the church. We um, are both members of um, the uh, senior leadership team, which is myself, Alex, Dean, 
uh, our um, discipleship pastor, our, and then our two campus directors. Um, and so that that's kind of a quick summary of like some of the, the work that I'm involved in. Um, but yeah, no, I definitely did not plan <laughs> to ever go into vocational ministry. Um, it wasn't that I was like against that or thought it was a bad thing. I just, it was never on my radar until... Mm-hmm. Um, Dean uh, kind of sat me down and said, hey, I, I was pursuing um, a graduate program uh, first for English and then changed gears and, and was going a different route. Um, but but grad school was the plan. Um, and he, you know, said, hey, have you ever thought about going into ministry, you know, full time? And um, I, I said no. Yeah. <laughs> and uh, but but from conversations from there and and really honestly just loving the church so much and uh, sort of seeing myself there and, and more importantly seeing what God was doing in the church, I just came to a point where I said, you know, at this point in my life, I want to be a part of this and I'm willing to, you know, sacrifice um, maybe other professional goals or, or life, you know, plans that I yeah. that I had. So Yeah. So I want to talk in a minute about um, just Dean and him seeing just so many of your giftings and stuff. But I want to kind of backtrack a little bit because I think I get this question a lot, especially from young women that are looking at the church or looking at ministry and they're trying to figure out like, where is a place that I can have? And they maybe kind of look at these admin jobs or smaller internship positions and think, oh, that's not enough, you know? Mm-hmm. Um, and I love that your part of your story was just that you love the church, you wanted to serve, you wanted to get involved, and you took that um, barely paid position and then <laughs> worked your way up. So talk to me and maybe even kind of encourage some of our listeners that would kind of discard some of those roles or are maybe trying to seek out a more established role and just what good and what you learned, I think, in taking some of that, you know, like just yeah, yeah. behind the scenes and just getting your feet wet in that position. I, I'm really glad that you asked this question. And I, I have like a, I feel very strongly about this. Um, I think that administrative roles, um, especially when you are in a church where um, the, like for lack of a better word, organizational culture or just, you know, the, the culture of your team is healthy and good um, and Christ-centered. I think those can be some of the best roles um, mm-hmm. for not just exploring ministry, but really like developing in leadership um, and, and sort of learning how to think in, in a ministry context. Um, because, I mean, as and, and some of this is um, just because of who Dean is and how he operates. But um, my role as his assistant was very much like, okay, here is like my world and I need you to just, you know, come along and be a part of it more so than, you know, here, here's your list of 10 things to do today. Um, Mm -hmm. And so by getting to sort of step into his ministry experience and, and just, you know, my job was how can I keep it organized? How can I support it? How can I protect his time? Um, I, I not, I didn't just learn how to be an admin assistant, which we can still debate how, how good of a job or not good of a job I did at that. (laughs) Um, there are some, there are certainly some stories. Um, but I also learned just what it, you know, really what it was like to, um, to, to lead a church, of course, not anywhere close to the 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 way that he knows it as the one who's doing it, but I could I could watch it happen, you know. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, and so I really would encourage women um, to, uh, or or anyone. I, I don't. I shouldn't just say women, women and men um, to not be afraid of those roles because one, 
we can't, I think sometimes we're quick to assume, well, I know, I know what this is going to lead to. Um, but that experience, you know, when, when you're from an, an admin operations type of role, you have seen everything across the board and people come to you. They talk to you sometimes more than they might talk to a senior level leader because, Mm -hmm. you know, you're a safe person and, um, you sort of have an eye on, on everything, you know, you have sort of a backseat to, to watching things unfold. And so, um, I, you know, I think it's just a great way to get a broad view, but also a very insightful view of ministry. And I will also say that um, a lot of times, you know, my role kind of almost became uh, speaking on behalf of some of the staff or or just sharing my thoughts and observations from, you know, a, a role that's a little more removed from things. Yeah. And so yeah. that, um, that went a long way. And, and even now, that I have an assistant, Kelly, um, I will go to her sometimes and just say, Hey, here's like, what's on my mind, you know, and and we just talk about it. And it's, I mean, she gives such good advice and and it's so helpful to have someone who, you know, you know, that they're not just, you know, filing papers or checking email, like they're, they have a really deep investment and, and they're really working hard behind the scenes towards the same mission. And so, I would say like embrace those roles because they you're you're going to learn a lot. Yeah, I totally agree. You know, my very first position on staff was an intern in the singles department at First Baptist That's Dallas. Awesome. I love um, and then I got to be a church secretary and then um, I was the worship ministry assistant and I don't even know like the notes on a music scale. I think that's what that's <laughs> called. But in each of those positions, it was just doors that were opened up and not only did I learn a ton but it was also an opportunity just for me to come alongside other ministers and bring my perspectives and those kind of things. And so I really think, especially um, just with how a lot of Southern Baptist churches are aligned, I think a lot of a lot of those positions are going to be admin positions. Like, let's just be honest, Mm -hmm. you know, like that is the title. Um, But it's not until someone takes that position and owns it and brings so much beauty and thorough just insight to what they see and what we can bring to the table that you're kind of able to redefine some of those um positions and titles and those kind of things which that's a whole nother podcast for another day i think but um, (laughs) that's a great point i think you're so right on that yeah so i think um you know if you're listening and if that's kind of been a struggle or attention or maybe you're even in one of those positions of you just think okay i'm just an admin you know what am i going to do you have so much to do you have so much influence there and so um i i hope to cheer you on in that to encourage you in knowing that you've got so much influence and being in the position that you're in and so use that for the glory of god so okay switching gears a little bit i do want to chat about dean and just your relationship there and even how he was able to see just a lot of the giftings and passions that you have that maybe you didn't even recognize but he kind of helped build that up so what did that look like for your pastor and now your colleague obviously to really kind of invest in you and bring you up in your leadership abilities and position? Yeah. Um, well, I will say, I think one of the, the best things that, um, you know, Dean uh, exhibits as one of the best qualities as a leader is um, he, you know, he has a great eye. And, and this is like, I mean, this goes far beyond, I'm not really even speaking about myself, but he has a great eye for potential and, and also for like not making it a big deal. Mm-hmm. Um, and so, you know, it, 
I never felt like as a woman, you know, it was never like, okay, I'm bringing you on staff as my assistant, but then, you know, we're going to, you know, work and develop you into this, like there, and I'm not saying that there wasn't intentional development, but it was never this kind of like, you know, this agenda or this, okay, we're going to, you know, we're going to, um, you're a woman. And so we're going to move you into this role that most women are, women aren't in. It was just sort of like, you know, I, I was here, I stuck it out. I worked hard. He, you know, he's great as a leader, um, giving people a seat at the table mm-hmm. and, yeah. um, and, and really giving freedom to people to lead or to pursue areas that they're passionate about. And so, um, I think that's probably another way that I was able to grow and learn a lot. Uh, about you know various ministry roles and duties is that I have like sort of a wide range of interests I can sometimes tend to get bored easily with things and so (laughs) when I would come and say hey this is you know this is exciting to me I have a new idea or um, you know what about this or or I could sense that he was wanting to see a change somewhere and I could kind of help run with that and say okay let's figure out how to make it happen he always gave great freedom to do that and so um, you know in terms of um, seeing giftings that, that maybe I couldn't see. I mean, I, I certainly would have never put myself like in an operational administrative type of role. Um, I, I mean, I can certainly do those things, but I, I don't think that, um, you know, I'm not like a type A super organized person always. And so that, I wouldn't say that that's at the top of my gifting, but that was kind of to your point, that was sort of the position that was there and that was the need. Um, but, but he was very good to not not make it just that and to say, okay, I yes, you can do these things, but I can see other, um, you know, maybe abilities or, or, or um, capacities in you. And so mm-hmm. I'm going to, you know, be intentional about, you know, moving you towards a role that, that suits those well. Um, and that also, you know, of course, more importantly, serves the church. And mm-hmm. so I think he just has a great... Um, a great eye for that and a great like willingness to um, to bring people to the table and and not you know like hoard his his influence or his um, you know his, his leadership or his power or whatever as um, as a pastor and so I'm I'm very grateful for that um, yeah. I mean it, the majority the majority if not all of the opportunities that I've been given on staff here and in the SBC have um, been you know, either been supported or actually been given to me or presented to me by men. And so I do think that there um, are a lot of pastors and, and leaders out there who want to see, um, you know, women serving in, in godly appropriate um, roles that, that really um, work with, with their giftings and, and serve the kingdom. So that, that's been an awesome experience. Yeah. And I think that's such a great truth because I think media wise and just secular culture, you know, and, and the way that things are talked about, it's talked very polarizing as though men and women are kind of against one another, or we're trying right. to fight for a place. And I love the conversation and just y'all story of how not only y'all complimented one another, like obviously he is not administrative and not right. um, able to kind of bring that together. And that really is a picture of what we're supposed to be doing as brothers and sisters, that we get to bring our uh, gifts and our values to the table and we work together in that. And it's just as wrong for us as women to try to storm the the front alone without our brothers, you know, and, and so I love just that nugget of truth that we are consistently working together, cheering one another on, working alongside one another. So, and I think when, if if I can just add one more thing, I think when you 
have like really good um, friendships with people that that makes that process so much easier and so much less about um, like typecasting or um, you know trying to like fill roles with like with you know token people or whatever um, because I mean our, our staff like one of the things we really try to cultivate here is just like friendship on the staff and that doesn't mean that every single one of us hang out with every single person you know every single day but like the working together especially between men and women comes naturally out of just this you know love for our brothers and sisters in Christ and saying you know I, I like you as a person I, I want to work with you and be around you and hear your ideas and joke with you and, and all of that and so like when that culture is there and it can kind of undergird everything else it it makes the the working together and the partnership just so much more fluid and so much you know easier um, and and you're not dealing as much with maybe some of the politics that that we can sometimes you know yeah wrestle against or whatever yeah, absolutely so this leadership team that you mentioned before how many women and how many men are on that team um, yeah, so our senior leadership team, um, right now there's two women on it. It's myself and then uh, Andy Ratliff, who is our campus director for our broadcast campus. Um, and then uh, the rest are men. So it's Dean, Alex, our other executive director, uh, Matt Crawford, who's our East Campus pastor, and then uh, Joe Thigpen, who is our discipleship pastor. Okay, so obviously, you know, different genders, different perspectives kind of coming in, you being on that leadership team, um, what are some of the, um, let's see, how do we phrase this? What are some of maybe the (laughs) tensions or things that you've learned that I think some of us could take in just what does it look like to work in that dynamic of both genders, obviously coming together, championing one another? Um, What would you kind of suggest or um, try to encourage women that are in that same position to maybe take hold of? Yeah. Um, Well, I will say for, and, and we might be a unique example I can't think of anything that has been any conversation or any conflict that, you know, because when you're in those kinds of meetings that are strategic and and analytical, like you're going to have conflict, you know, Mm -hmm. in a good way, like Mm -hmm. people, you know, disagreeing and healthy, um, you know, healthy argument and stuff like that. I can't think of anything that has risen out of um, an issue of gender, you know, or, or saying, well, you're discounting this because you're a man or because you're a woman. Um, and so that's a great thing. Uh, I think, so really, I mean, I, I would just say in general, I think for women who might find themselves in those types of conversations, on the one hand, um, to, to reiterate something that you said, I, I don't think that you, you need to like try to storm the front and we're, you know, at the end of the day, like it's not about us. And so I think that's yeah. an important thing to remember that Absolutely. you're not working with like yourself, proving yourself as the end goal. Like we're all working towards a common goal of, of seeing God's kingdom grow. And so like when that is, is held up front and center and, and that's a given, like everybody knows that, um, it, it really erases a lot of, uh, tendency to be self-seeking or to try to push, you know, your own agenda. Now you might have your own viewpoints or your own, um, opinions or, or convictions about how, something should happen. And I think you should boldly express those. I think especially in those kinds of conversations, um, that's needed. You know, we, mm-hmm. we need our senior leaders to speak frankly about what's on their mind and, and what's on their heart in terms of the direction of the church. Um, and women and men, I think, should, should be able to do that equally. Um, and, and of course, in, you know, in an, in an edifying godly way. Um, 
but but yeah, I think it's very important for women to, on, on the flip side, have the confidence uh, to share what's on their mind. Uh, and I, I remember once a long time ago when we were doing some kind of organizational culture work, uh, one of we were sort of giving like one of those 360 reviews that's like, you know, every it's like awful for everybody because you have to sit in a circle and like talk about your strengths and weaknesses. Yes, and everybody just gets super awkward. Yeah. Um, but it was helpful. Um, and I remember one of our staff members uh, talking to me and saying, you know, you have good ideas, but you don't voice them. And so sometimes we don't always know what you're thinking. Um, and that was encouraging to me. And that, and that came from, um, from one of the men on our staff. And I've always thought about that as, you know, Sometimes we almost like hold ourselves back and tell ourselves, you know, well, no one's going to want to listen to me. And I would rather find out that someone doesn't want to hear, you know, what I have to say mm-hmm. um, than, you know, than to not share it. And and uh, I don't mean that in like that we just need to go around blasting our opinions. But in those environments, yeah, I think that um, women should feel comfortable uh, expressing themselves and, and speaking and, and also you know, approaching it humbly and saying, I'm, I'm here with seven, eight other people who are like-minded, but who have different giftings. And so I need to remember that, um, you know, they're going to see my blind spots and they're going to have things to say too, that I need to be just as eager to listen to. So that was probably yeah, a lot, but yeah. those are just a few takes. No, <laughs> I think that's so good. It makes me kind of think, um, and I'm going to throw this question at you, but I'm going to answer it first because it's okay. a little bit harder. <laughs> um, but I think just in this conversation, um, I'm curious what your biggest lesson has been in having to collaborate with both men and women kind of in those groups and stuff. Um, I think one of the things that I've really had to challenge myself with is not taking things so personal. Um, and so even if they are, um, disagreeing with me or coming to a different conclusion. Um, I think because for so long I wasn't like you, like I didn't feel confident whenever I did say things. And so it took a lot of gumption, I think, to actually (laughs) speak up and give my opinion. And then if that wasn't received, I got really, um, sensitive about it. And so Mm -hmm. I think over the years, as I've learned and as I've tried to develop as a leader and having some of those conversations and relationships, I've really had to learn, um, just like you said, to like really kind of own what my viewpoint is, but then also at the same time, be okay with them not agreeing with that. And I think that's probably been one of the biggest things that I've had to learn and incorporate whenever we're working as a team with both genders there and not even just genders. I think that's anything, you know, Um, but I think it's specifically whenever you've got male and female coming together and working together with different viewpoints, um, at least for me, I was a lot more hesitant to actually share my opinion. And then whenever I did, I would be very sensitive with how it was received. And so I think for women that are, you know, leading out in some of these conversations and stuff, you've got to make sure that you're kind of checking your own emotions. And that was something that I really kind of struggled with in the beginning. So is there something that maybe um, you have really learned over the years, especially with you being in all of these meetings and stuff with the leadership team that has kind of been the biggest nugget of truth for you personally that you were able to take away? Yeah, no, that's really good. Um, Mine will will probably be sort of similar. I, one thing I do think that um, is uh, sort of a unique gifting of women, and, and I know like we can't make sweeping generalizations, so this won't be true of everyone, um, and it will be true of some men, but I do think by and large um, women, uh, especially as they grow in, in experience and spiritual maturity, have really good intuition. Um, and so... Uh, that is something sometimes I am 
sort of led to speak by, you know, by my intuition or by um, like a really strong conviction or, or opinion um, about something that I have. And, uh, but that can sometimes be, mis- you know, we can be misled by that. Like it's, you know, my intuition mm-hmm. isn't, you know, doesn't have a, a 100% track record. Yeah. And so uh, sometimes, you know, speaking on behalf of that and, and then, you know, hearing someone um, not either not just catch the vision of what you're trying to say or um, or disagree with you or, or reject, you know, that statement. Um, it, it sometimes, like you said, it, it can feel like, you know, it, you can either take it personally or, um, or you can almost feel like, you know, <laughs> something like this person or, or this this situation is headed towards a train wreck if we don't go the route that I'm suggesting that we go. And so you can, I think it's easy to sometimes maybe give yourself too much credit, uh, you know, in, in some of these discussions and, you know, and we have to remember, okay, it, in a lot of these types of conversations about like directional conversations about the way that, um, you know, a, a church is moving or, or in leadership conversations, of course, we've got some foundational convictions that have to be there. Um, but, but then when it, you know, when it comes to like strategy there, there's more way than one to do it. Mm-hmm. Um, and so, uh, yeah, sometimes I think like leading with your intuition is good because it gives you, uh, some, I've seen women speak with great insight into something and, and hear, the, uh, you know, other people in the room say, wow, you know, that's, I think you're dead on with that. Um, but sometimes either that can be off or, or if, if people don't get it, you know, you can't be, uh, you can't be totally offended. And, and maybe it's just a matter of saying, okay, I'm, I'm going to keep like gently pushing this and, mm-hmm. um, and being persistent with this thought. Cause I really think it's important and I really think we need to, to pay attention to it. Um, and it might not get solved. That That's probably another good takeaway is that a lot of problems don't get solved in one conversation yeah, and so um, we've got to have patience and and sort of like long suffering I think as a as leaders in ministry um, and that can be like for someone like me I like change is is pretty easy I would say for most things for me there's not a lot that I like hold as precious and so mm-hmm. um, I can get really impatient with things you know when when they're not um, quickly moving in the direction that I want them to. And yeah, so yeah. I think we have to remember that as well. Yeah, I think that's such good advice. And I think we also kind of underestimate the um, impact of failure, you know, that maybe mm. <laughs> maybe some lessons need to be learned, you know. Right. And I love how Absolutely. you say that, you know, maybe we just need to graciously continue to try to push, um, you know, your thoughts and, and views on things. Um, but sometimes, you know, decisions are made, especially from those that are above us. And and they go with that thinking that that's right. And then God doesn't necessarily bless that, but you absolutely learn from that, you know, and that's even right. within our own personal lives, you know, and, and how we lead and stuff like that. So um, such good information there and such good wisdom. Um, before we close out, I want to talk just briefly, because I know we can't talk yeah. too much about it, but just about your recent appointment to the Committee on Committees, you're the vice chair. <laughs> so tell me a little bit, how did that happen and um, what all is going on with that? Yeah, well, it has been um, a lot of fun and a great honor to get to serve. Um, so the chair of our committee, Sky Pratt, um, from uh, Prince Avenue Baptist Church in Georgia, um, it, he's wonderful, and it's been great um, getting to, to know him and to work with him. And so um, 
you know, Pastor Greer, um, J.D. Greer, uh, has been making appointments of, of you know, committee chairs and, and members. And so, um, you know, I was invited to get to, uh, to be vice chair of that committee. And um, so far, it has been great. I think one of my, one of the things I've loved the most serving in this committee, and, and I'm still very new into it, um, and, and we sort of have a short term because, you know, once we, so our, our role is to, um, our committee as a whole works together uh, to bring names to the table for the committee on nominations. And mm. so um, that will sort of all culminate uh, in June at the annual meeting in Birmingham. Um, and so it's been so fun to get to work with all of these committee members. We're a large committee at 68 people, um, two representatives from each state and or territory, depending on like geographically how yeah. it breaks down um, yeah. across the U.S. And so um, just getting to meet, you know, other uh, pastors, uh, church leaders, lay leaders, um, men and women who like really are kingdom minded and who have, um, who are, are step in step with, you know, some of the, the values that, um, uh, that Pastor JD has laid out for the convention. It's just fun getting to know people one on a, on a personal yeah. level um, and and get to sort of see what people are doing and where they're working and what their churches are doing um, and make those connections and then you know to um, to get to work towards you know kind of this common goal together. And so uh, yeah, it's it's been really great. It's definitely a learning experience for me. I'm I have never um, led a committee before, um, and so. Uh, I'm definitely uh, relying on you know help from um, from uh, Sky, our, our chair, and I love working with him. But it's been a really great experience so far. I love that. Well, we are so proud of you and Thank just you. want to, I'm sure you would echo this, but just being able to see a lot of the appointments and, um, you know, the B Baptist Press articles and stuff that are coming out with the various committees that um, are going to be serving at our annual meeting this year and just the intentionality that we have seen in J.D. Greer um, just makes me so thankful for him, makes me thankful for his intentionality and how he is leading um, and as we all know, and because we're all in leadership, like leadership is never easy. And there's so Absolutely. much that goes on behind the scenes and conversations and stuff like that. And so um, I'm sure you would echo, we are just so incredibly thankful for our president, J.D. Greer, and so many of the huge steps that he is taking to um, not only impact our denomination, but the planet. And so I'm just very, very thankful for him. But Absolutely. Ashlyn, I am so, goodness, we covered so much information. <laughs> we really right? did. That was great. <laughs> I just want to thank you again. I appreciate you so much um, just thank for your you. time and sharing some of your story and insight. And so if the listeners want to be able to connect with you, what is the easiest way for them to um, get in touch? Yeah. Um, so I am on Twitter. Um, I think it's just at Ashlyn Portero. <laughs> I'm like, is that my handle? Um, I'm pretty <laughs> sure. Yeah. Just at Ashlyn Portero. Um, and then, you know, I would love, I love connecting with people over email to my emails, Ashlyn at cctally.com. And, and that's on our city church website. Um, but yeah, I would love to, I love connecting with women and talking about all of these things and more. So that would be great. Perfect. I will make sure to put your Twitter handle in the show notes. So if you have listened and want to connect with her, then they will be there. Um, and we definitely want to give a shout out to our sponsor, the CSB Bible. Uh, we are so thankful just for their investment in us and making this possible. And so again, Ashlyn, thank you so much for today. And we will hopefully catch you soon. Thanks so much, Jackie. I loved getting to be here and talk with you.
You have been listening to At The Table, the podcast for the SBC Women's Leadership Network. Make sure to subscribe, rate, and review the podcast on iTunes and share this with your friends and other women in the SBC. They'd also love to connect online with you at sbcwomen.net for more resources and for you to join the conversation with women all across the globe who are serving in Kingdom Mission. Thanks for listening.